Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is your town. This is your station. This is Waitley. England require a further 138 runs to beat New Zealand. Five for 120, Root and Stokes at the crease. Uh, a calamitous morning initially, and now the steadying of the two veterans. Root, Root is 41 from 44 balls. Stokes is five from 22. There's a few messages on that front. There's a lot around the conversation with Nathan Buckley, what you saw in Show Me the Money 2, and the pending class action around concussion in the game, and both sides of that debate are, are pretty spirited as well. 40 Winks, Temper Text, 0433981116. Temper a mattress like no other. On Tuesdays, we reach across the divide. It's a sporting divide. It's a cultural divide. It's a climate divide at times too between Sydney and Melbourne. But 48 hours, we're inside 48 hours to the start of the NRL season. It would sharpen the mind, wouldn't it? Andrew Voss has finished the 1170 SEN breakfast show. He'll be readying himself for calling duties as well. Vossy, hello. Uh, hello, Jared. Uh, it's the eve before Christmas Eve, if you could say, if you're yes. a rugby league fan, because Christmas Day night will be Thursday night when it all kicks off again and we're two sleeps away. May I say, Jared, in your absence, uh, Sam, there wasn't much, there wasn't really a divide. I think we were on the page, on the same page on most subjects. So I hope you're not going to be some sort of, you know, uh, redneck protagonist <laughs> today, shock jock, are you? And try and get inflammatory comments out of this lover, not a fighter? I think uh, if there's not natural abrasion between us, Fossey, we're not really trying across the divide for sustainable office furniture. Why buy new? Visit sustainableofficefurniture.com.au. Is the NRL season going to start on Thursday night? Yeah, don't mention the S word strike. No, I don't. Look, we're not going to have a strike, but it is incredible that's something that uh, the Rugby League Players Association and the NRL have been talking about for more than a year is still not signed off on. I mean, that's an extraordinary situation, Jared. So there is no CBA in place uh, 48 hours out, 48 hours out from the competition starting. It's an extraordinary situation. One of the sticking points, and just so our listeners understand, we have a system, and I can only put it in a hypothetical example. If a player is a free agent for 2025, okay? For 2025, you can negotiate with that player as of November 1, 2023. You could sign that player on the 1st of November this year. The league is looking to take that back to a transfer deadline day of June 30, 2024. So eight months down the track before you'll be able to sign players so they don't have this situation where you're signing players, you know, more than a year in advance. Now, to most, that seems good business. As I understand it, the players and, the, and the, their representatives are saying, oh, no, 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 no. If a player changes clubs, they need time to move house, to find schools and all of that. That's why we have November 1. That's why we give them, you know, a full year to get ready. Now, I say that's bunkum, personally. You know, I think, I think professional athletes have to realise there are... You know, sensational trimmings in the job they do, but to have those trimmings, there are sacrifices. 
And if that disruption to lifestyle, if you are going to be a player who changes clubs, that you've got that um, upheaval of family, well, that is actually part and parcel of the job. I don't think we have to change conditions everywhere to suit that because I think we're, I think we're a bit of a laughing stock that we have so many players signing for other clubs. I mean, Brisbane will play their first game this weekend. They will cheer on two of their stars who have this week announced they've signed with the Dolphins uh, for next year. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's healthy. Do you? No, well, so there's there's always been a middle ground that neither code can find. It is The NRL is too brash about it, and it plays out f- too far in advance. But there is at least an acknowledgement that professional sportsmen are able to fulfil the job at hand and remain fully dedicated to what they do rather than the pretense that happens in the AFL where for a long period of time there, we just pretended that it all happened in two weeks and it hasn't been going on for the 12 months or the 14 months or the 15 months beforehand. So there is a way I would imagine that, and this is what the NRL is looking for, is to find the middle ground where private transactions can happen and, and can be worked towards without rubbing everybody's nose in the fact as you're barracking for a player who's already decided to leave you. Yeah, that, well, that's right. They, well, the, the rumour mill, there are no rumours that stay... Uh, sorry, there are no um, secrets that remain secrets in, in the NRL, at least like a sieve, but <laughs> at least publicly, <laughs> at least publicly, they wouldn't be, a club wouldn't be able to announce they've stared a player for, you know, eight months down the track until... Uh, after June the previous year. I mean, I just think at the moment that you can go through all off-season, you can have your merchandising. In the case of Newcastle, who are a struggling club on the field at the moment, Dominic Young is the young English winger who was a superstar at the World Cup. Um, you know, they, they would have put his image on paraphernalia and membership flyers and all the rest, and a week out from the season start, uh, he's gone to the Roosters next year. You know, I, I, I just don't see how that's... I don't think that's healthy. But for every fan who's unhappy... There's a happy fan at the club who's getting the player, I Yeah, suppose. yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Although that, that gratification can surely wait down the track. So um, Peter Volandis has run the sport with an iron fist most of the time for the better, and every now and then I, I think he's, he's left the railway tracks. What, what's his <laughs> – What's so he's the impresario of the sport. What's his role been yeah. here? And it is uh, – this is probably the bit I find slightly surprising is that he hasn't been able to bring – everybody to heal on this? No, well, his, his role as chairman is actually not to be involved directly with this, but we are led to believe that he has become involved uh, only in the last week or two. Um, obviously, he's been kept in the conversation and would be given you know, daily up, updates, like from a war room, basically, but we're told he hasn't been hands-on until now. But, look, mooted a few weeks ago with our pre-season challenge. The players might not do interviews. They might delay kickoffs. They might uh, put uh, labels over the NRL logo. Those sorts of messages they would send out. Now, I don't want any disruption. I mean, we wait. You know, we're all excited about the new season starting. Can they Can they all just get in a room? We don't let them out until they sign. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, how, how um, dumbed down can I make it? I mean, that's what we just want. Can we just reach this because I think the fans are a bit over it. We've we've sort of moved on because the games start Thursday night. That's our focus. It, it always seems to me, Vossi, in these moments that it's hard for the players not to look greedy. Now, whether they yeah. are or they aren't, is you, the nuance of that is usually lost. And I feel like we've seen it um, probably most graphically in a cricket front. Uh, 
there was a hint around it on the on the AFL for a couple of weeks when the game shut down and the players actually wanted a bit of time to work out what they were going to do rather than just uh, hand back their money. Is is there a public sentiment running against the players that they they are holding the game hostage here? Uh, well, yeah, hostage, holding it hostage. Maybe that's a little strong in the language, but I do think that that sense of entitlement um, is how the players are seen in a negative sense. Uh, so if they go and want everything approved, if they, if, if they can't find middle ground, it'll look like the players, yes, are greedy. Because a lot of people don't look past the salary cap, quite obviously, and the salary cap had such a significant boost to it, up to $12.5 million. Um, and that's, that is, as I say, that is money in every single player's pocket in an NRL squad right now, basically, and the potential to earn that extra income when we're all dealing at the moment on a daily basis, we're reading about inflation rates and while we've had wage rises, it's not relative to the inflation rates and mortgage rates, you know, going up. So, yes, there is a negative towards the players in the current environment. So they... They need to tread carefully as to how much they ask for if they are looking for the fan support to get them across the line. Andrew Voss is with me as we reach across the divide between Sydney and Melbourne. So with that as the backdrop, what's the what's the appetite for the fresh season as it gets underway on Thursday night? Well, well Jared, part of my role with Fox League is to, uh, I host the show, co-host the show, The Fan, and, and to get around to all the clubs pre-season. And to quote the castle, the vibe is fantastic. Yeah. So many clubs, we all started zero, well, quite obviously. And, and, you know, even the Tigers, someone like the West Tigers who picked up the wooden spoon last year, won only four games. It's almost been like a rebirth. New coach, club legend Benji Marshall back, some big signings. I mean, the West Tigers who finished with a wooden spoon, we don't have a draft. So first, our last doesn't get a pick at first. But the West Tigers have signed three players who played in the grand final last year. I, I can't. I can't remember that ever happening before, to be to be perfectly frank. Um, so you know, they've recruited really well. So much so, Jared, I'm hopping on their bus. I'm backing <laughs> a fairy tale. I've got them scraping into the eight this year. I think it'll be a very tight race around eight, nine, ten, eleven. But I've got the Tigers. I'm going to ride it. I'm hopping on the bus for the West Tigers. So, but that sort of vibes at the Bulldogs as well. What Phil Gould has done at the Bulldogs and some big recruits. You know, clubs that have, uh, are out of the ad. And then I think some of those heavyweights are coming back to the field. And dare I say, Jared, one of those sides is Melbourne. And it just has to be with the playing personnel that they lost during the off-season. And the same could be said of Penrith. They lost two very big names from their grand final side in Hooker, Appy Torosau, and back rower Viliami Kikau. And they just haven't been able to replace those dynamic players with players of the same class and quality. So when it's come time to try to find the right peg for Melbourne, where have you decided to put them? All right. Uh, I think they need the big four. And by the big four, I mean Grant, Hughes, Munster and Pappenhausen on the field for as many games as possible. As we know, Ryan's, Ryan Pappenhausen isn't going to be on the field anytime soon. So I have Melbourne outside the top four, but definitely in the top eight. In fact, I've listed Melbourne at position number five on my you know, very dodgy crystal ball yeah. prediction. <laughs> so, so Melbourne five. I actually, I'll give them in order. I've got Roosters one, South Sydney Rabbitohs two. That's the grand final that Russell Crowe would want. Uh, the Panthers three, the Cowboys four, the Storm fifth, Sharks six, Eels seven, the beaten grand finalists from last year, and the Tigers at eighth. And then you can throw the likes of Broncos, 
Manly Seagulls and Bulldogs. I think they'll all be a clump of teams just outside the eight. So, as I follow the Storms year, Bossy, should I should I be appreciating this as the last year of Craig Bellamy? I think you have to. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to. He was on NRL 360 on Fox last night, and and, and Craig will give obviously, quite obviously, he's not he's not going to be announcing it to the media first. The club will know first, but he will give the club as much time as possible to source the the candidate that, that they most desire uh, for next year. And I, look, I wouldn't be surprised if confirmation comes in the next month, to be quite honest, because what's going to happen this year, it's just, it's just, just a fact, Jared. that, that you know, some clubs are going to go poorly and there's a chance some clubs are going to change their coaches during the season. It's just become fact of life, hasn't it, with elite sporting codes these days. So uh, I, I think Melbourne would like to think that they have any potential candidate is there on the market that they could target rather than have someone who may be a potential target. I'm not even going to throw a name in and do a hypothetical, but you know what I mean? I think Melbourne would like, and Craig Bellamy appreciate that, they can have the pick of the bunch as it stands right now for coaching candidates rather than someone they may be thinking about who picks up a job during the season for a club that that gets rid of their current coach. Yeah. One of the, so where we are alike, I think, this season is the return of master coaches. So Alastair Clarkson goes to North Melbourne in the AFL and Ross Lyon returns to St Kilda. And you've got Wayne Bennett uh, with the new team in the Dolphins. Is what sort of, what sort of dynamic surrounds that master coach as he takes up, well, I would normally say is his last gig in the NRL, but that's probably underestimating him. His next gig in the NRL. It's an incredible situation, Jared. I mean, they're all on concession cards. I mean, (laughs) Wayne Bennett is already 73. Tim Sheens, the Tigers coach, will turn 73 this year. That is extraordinary. I I want to hail that. I want to have a veterans round come when (laughs) when the Dolphins play the Tigers this year. We're entitled to have a march pass and, and, and appreciate what these two men have delivered the game uh, between them in their 146 years on this earth combined. Uh, that, that's an extraordinary state. Well, who is the oldest coach in the AFL right now? We're not, there's no one in their 70s. No, no. Time, we've, we've pensioned a few off um, no. <laughs> in more recent times. Yeah, but, but Craig Bellamy a, a, is a spring chicken in comparison to Wayne Bennett and Tim Sheens. You know, and, good, and, and, you know, and I went out to Tigers training, and, and Tim Sheens is, is bouncing around the place like he's in his early 20s. Wayne Bennett's the same. Wayne is Wayne. It's great to have him back. He's great for a quote. Uh, a lot of people have the Dolphins as wooden spooners, but no, I say, look, they are great rugby league men. They still have a lot to offer, and they're on deck this year. I, I think it's one of the intriguing storylines of the season, how they perform. Yeah, and and his his demeanour, which I think has been a national fascination for decades now as well. So did I read somewhere that he didn't attend their, was their first practice match? Yeah, the first big uh, trial up in Cairns. No, yep. he didn't go to that. Um, he said he was he stayed in Brisbane to get ready for the next day when they come back because he, they only set up essentially half a squad. Yep. So he, he remained on deck in um, at, at Redcliffe, where the Dolphins are based, ready to train the the other half that didn't play. That that's what was said. Look, I I got over it pretty quickly, but that's Wayne Wayne's world. You could say <laughs> dare I say there's a headline. Sorry, Dwayne Russell, but uh, yes, Wayne's world. Old Clint Eastwood. Um, he does things his way. All right. So the season begins Thursday night. Eels storm to get us underway. So just the, the last one that 
every every code is is grappling with it at the moment. The, the NBL had a go at Pride Round with mixed results. The A-League seemed to stage it relatively successfully on the weekend. As I saw, there was a survey that said that 82% of club chiefs were opposed to the idea of a Pride Round in the NRL. And I can't, I'm not sure what I was reading, but I don't know whether it was facetious or not that suggested they were just surprised that there were 18% that were still in favour of it. And the AFL is trying to work out what to do on that front as well as this is clearly something that, uh, well, it bedeviled, um, it bedeviled the NRL last year when uh, when one of the clubs had a go at it, and, then, and it seems to remain unresolved. Look, I, I maybe I am just a simple man, Jared, but I say, do we need an actual round that recognises it? Perhaps we don't. Maybe we just need the clubs to come out and say we are all inclusive right from the get go. Not in one particular round. We are right across the season. Um, and, and therefore, send that messaging out there. Put it on your website. Display it at your grounds, um, and and know that that is where the game united stands. I note with interest our Dalian Medal Player of the Year last year, our, our, our you know best on ground for the entire season. Nico Hines said, "You know what is the problem? That, can't we can't we move on?" And that is a very simplistic view of things, but. I say no to having a single round. I'm saying every round, uh, we welcome everybody. And if we can reach that point, my God, we will have matured. <laughs> it's not a bad note which to finish on, Vossi. Hey, good luck. Good luck with the calling of the first round and we'll look forward to catching up once the season's underway. Calling Melbourne V Power first up. Nice. Jared, I'll just whisper it. I'm tipping the eels. Okay. <laughs> well, we managed to... We managed to split at the end. Good on you, Vossie. Good luck.